God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God sound like? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when does God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the Bible is a collection of God conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident, and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that dream or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, I just had some bad pizza? Jesus said we'd recognise his voice and follow him. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Godconversations.com Why does God get the blame for everything that goes wrong? While we know God works everything together for good, does that mean that he's the author of our suffering? Does everything really happen for a reason? Jessica Kelly in her new book, Lord Willing, discusses these very questions against the backdrop of her four-year-old son Henry's battle with brain cancer. In amongst some beautifully written and moving scenes, Jessica presents an alternate view to the common Christian view that says everything, both good and evil, are part of God's master plan. Her insights are tested at the bedside of her dying four-year-old son and will be applicable to anyone who finds themselves questioning the heart of God in the midst of their pain. Hi, and welcome to episode 33 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of this ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. In today's podcast, I join with my friend John Peachy from The Morning Show at Rema, New Zealand, and we take some time to discuss Jessica's book. We also talk about the will of God more generally. How do we know what God's will is? And does God have a specific plan for each one of us. I want to welcome any new listeners to our podcast today. It's such a delight to have you on the program. And this particular topic is a fascinating one, but I think it's also a little bit of a controversial one. There's lots of questions around this area, but I know that particularly if you've been through a time of suffering, you're going to have asked these same questions that Jessica asked. In fact, I just finished reading this book and it's a beautifully written book. It's very moving but she really does grapple with some of these deep questions about our undergirding theology of suffering and pain in this area. We also talk about, as I mentioned, God's will and how do we know God's will for our lives? It's a $60 million question. So I know you're going to enjoy today. Don't forget there are show notes on the website at godconversations.com. So if you want to find out more details about the book afterwards, and we also invite you to share in some of your comments. I would love to know how you find the podcast, what your thoughts are towards this very important area. So we'd love to hear from you. So again, thanks for listening today. Here's podcast episode number 33, How to Know the Will of God. The will of God, and I want to talk to you about, about this subject today because the will of God and understanding what what God is doing in circumstances and, and finding out what that is is very difficult for a lot of people, particularly when things are not going swimmingly, when things are going against the tide. Very hard to, to, to mm. wrestle with what God is doing. There's an author um, called uh, Jessica Kelly who's written a book called Lord Willing wrestling with God's yeah. role. Uh, the book was about the death of your child and wrestling with God's will in that. This this subject of deciphering or discovering God's will in the midst of stuff is something that you and I can need to talk about. What's your thinking around that? So it's a question I've been asking myself for a long time and it usually arises when I you know, observe uh, people talking about this topic. So something has gone wrong in their life 
And the first thought is, why is God doing this? And I actually used to listen to that and think, why does God always get to blame? You know, why would, if something bad happens, why would I blame God for it? Isn't he the source of all good? And uh, I recently read the book, Lord Willing, by Jessica Kelly, and she has this incredible perspective. She wrestles with this whole concept as her little four-year-old son, Henry, has been diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor. She's he has three months to live, basically, and they bring him home to die. And, and while she's going through that, the, the questions and the comments come up and, and people, you know, Christians from her community would say, you know, it's God is in control. And maybe this is a blessing in disguise and everything happens for a reason. And she really wrestles with those statements because they reflect a certain worldview that says that everything that happens in my life happens according to God's meticulous and mysterious plan, known as the blueprint worldview, if you like. And so she starts to really wrestle with that idea, is that really the case? Is everything in my life controlled in the sense that God has you know, planned it out? And that includes the bad things. And she discusses this at length because it, this idea is quite pervasive in the Christian world and then presents an alternative Worldview, which is a place probably I have arrived at in my own journey, just watching what happens in people's lives, because it just doesn't fit with the Jesus, the God represented in Jesus, who comes along to destroy the works of evil and to remove pain and to heal people and to bring joy and goodness to the world. Yeah, it's it is a very broad and tough subject because I remember hearing a lecturer mm. speak about. Well, I've got a very good friend who who is a Christian counsellor and has gone through theological training and counselling training, and and yeah. he mentioned that that one of the modules he did was titled something along the lines of "There is no benefit to suffering, there's no advantage in suffering." And he and I both rose up dramatically over that and had this kind of intense conversation because we we often say that you know that that out of our sorrow, out of our pain, you know, can come new life or come experiences, or we can yeah. turn that into something positive. But the, but the the kind of the kind of contention of this of this particular lecture series was that it it, it serves no purpose whatsoever. But we can take that yes, to the extreme, can't we? We can go too far to the. Well, the difficulty we have is that we have um, that beautiful verse in Romans eight twenty eight that says God works all things together for good, and that we learn out of our suffering, which is absolutely true. So even in a fallen world where things do go wrong, you know, the evil the rain falls on the evil and the good. Uh, the Bible says, but even in a fallen world, God can use the evil and the brokenness for good. But it doesn't—it doesn't mean that He initiates it or brings it or even allows it. And it, it, Jesus went around doing good and destroying the works of the devil. It says, and I think what's happened is the devil has become a bit out of vogue. You know, why aren't we shaking our fists at the enemy? Why aren't we saying, well, why did this happen? Well, ultimately, because there's evil in the world. And because of the reality of free will, you know, if um, if someone chooses to drink too much alcohol and gets into a car and I'm driving along at that point and he crashes into me and causes me paralysis, then I'm not going to shake my fist at God. That's a product of someone's choice. And therefore, I'm a victim of that. And that's the consequence of living in a world that God himself has set up where love demands choice. But also it means that we're now at the risk of bad things happening. So so what you know, God is in control, but he doesn't control that man's choice to get into the car when he's over the limit. 
because he gave them free will. No, that's right. And, of course, it doesn't work both ways, does it? Because, you, you know, you shake your fist at God when something goes wrong, but are you, you know, yeah. worshipping and thanking God when things go right? Or in the absence of things going wrong, just in your daily, ordinary life, are you saying, thank you, Father, that, you know, I'm safe today and that, that things are going, you know, well? Yeah. No, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's we do have some pretty interesting positions on, on these things. God does yeah. get certainly a bad rap, I think, at times when yeah, when he's, he's given us this free will, given us this choice. <laughs> hey, my guest on the phone yeah. out of Australia is Tanya Harris from God Conversations. We'll take a quick break and come back. Uh, and uh, talk to her. Look, you, you can still email me, jp at rima.co.nz or, or text me 875 keyword rima if you want to toss a curly one at Tanya. She's, uh, I think she's a big enough girl to uh, to, to cope, yeah, cope with that. Yeah, <laughs> All right, back with Tanya Harris from God Conversations in just a moment. Hearing God's voice is one of the most important ways we get to know God, yet so many fail to experience it. Here at God Conversations, we're committed to equipping people all over the world to recognise and respond to God's voice. It's a big vision, so we'd like to give you the opportunity to join with us by investing in the ministry. You can become a partner either by sponsoring a special project or by giving on a monthly basis. If you're unable to give financially, we would so value your prayers for God's continued hand of favour as we seek to reach people all over the world. For more information on partnership, go to godconversations.com slash partners. It is indeed New Zealand's Rimmer. I'm John Peachy. So good of you to join me on this Thursday morning, coming up on 15 away from midday, a news update for you at 12 o'clock. Goodness, where has my morning gone? Tanya Harris from God Conversations has joined me on the phone from Australia. And Tanya, thank you so much for giving up your morning. It's a little bit earlier over there, of course. It is. Hey, um... The book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You could, in one respect, say that is the will of God's will for my life, is, to, is to, to do that, is to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with Him. But, yeah. but that doesn't satisfy, you know, a lot of us because we have you know, we've got desires about about business or about ministry or about family or, you know, fill in the blanks, really. When people, and I presume this is a question you must get asked a lot, how do I know the will of God for my life? It's a tough question, I think, for some people, but what do you say to people when they ask you that question? Yes, yes and no, it's tough. I think there's different messages that come to people. I think it begins with an understanding that the bedrock of what is the will of God has been very clearly laid out as a foundation in Scripture. We see that with Jesus coming and his instructions and his commission to us as his people to shine his light, to love others, to you know build his kingdom. This is kind of the bedrock, the foundation. But at the same time, God is very personal. He made us uniquely. And with that, uh, there's a purpose, I believe, a unique purpose. And so when we ask that question, what's God's will for my life? I, I think that's a valid and a good question. Some people would say, you know, don't worry about it. Just go with the basics. And I say, no, Holy Spirit knows us. But what tends to happen, I think, is people come to God and, they, you know, they're facing a decision. Will I take this job? Will I marry this person? Where will I live? And they come to God and they, they ask God a question and they don't get the answer that they want to. They hear God is silent. It just happens all the time. And I think it comes from a little bit of a misunderstanding that, when we, when we talk about hearing God's voice for our lives, the, the goal of it is relationship first and foremost, not getting guidance. 
So it's about knowing God. And the problem is what we do is we wait for those big decisions before we start learning to hear God's voice. And the truth is at that point, that is the most difficult time to hear God because there's so much emotion involved. But if we've learned to hear God in the little things, you know, we, we become conscious of his work in our lives, uh, perhaps being convicted about doing the dishes for our, our flatmate or our spouse or being um, hearing his voice about sharing something with another person or giving something away. We, we've learned to hear him in small things. And then as we navigate those big decisions, what tends to happen, intimacy means that the Holy Spirit will often give us indicators before the decision is made. You know, you start to, when you start to develop that intimacy, those big questions become very clear. But it means that we don't go to God just for the big questions. Does that make sense? I think it does. When it comes to matters yeah. of guidance, we're not hinging it on that our relationship on that question. And, and I think you know what springs to mind as you're talking is you know as a jigsaw, as a jigsaw is made up of a lot of little pieces to make up the big picture. And 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 if we yes. if we do go to God about the little things and we and we pay attention, and maybe that's what Job was saying. You know, God speaks this way now another because it's all these little, little pieces of the picture to make up the entire you know the entire stained glass window made up of lots of little bits of color. Yeah. You, you know, maybe yeah. if we if we realize that we have to come to Him. And, and tell me what you think about my theology on this. God is interested in the small, not just yes. the big. Yes, true. So, true. Yeah. So, the, so therefore, you know, the more the more that we commune with him, the more that we treat him like a father, and that we ask his advice on things, and we go to him for the for the bits and pieces, the more we build up yeah. an, an understanding of who he is and, and the care that he has for the, for the big picture. Would that, would that be true? Yeah, and I think yeah, and I think we also learn that the relationship with God is quite personal and quite unique. So people say, you know, God doesn't speak about the big things. He gives us autonomy to make the decision. His will is not a narrow path. It's a six-lane freeway. And I think those kind of statements, we, it might be for one person at one point in time that there is a narrow pathway that God has for them. And at other times God says, you make the decision. And there's autonomy within that. I remember years ago, God spoke to me about doing a master's and very clearly he spoke to me and I didn't want to do it. And I got this miraculous provision out of the blue. It was, it was quite fantastic. but And it was very clearly God's guidance. Years later, I get an idea of doing my doctorate. So I pray, I go through the whole thing. I, I'm listening to God. I hear nothing, like nothing. And I start to investigate it. And in the end, John, I made the decision myself. And I've looked back at that, those two instances, and I realized, you know, at this point, God spoke to me about it, but at this point, he didn't. He let me make the decision. And so I think there's a dynamic here. It's a two-way thing. And the picture Jesus said, you know, I've come to call you friends. We're walking along this road, talking about things together. And so it's not a dictatorship where God's micromanaging every factor of my life, but we're sharing in this relationship together and involves all of me and all of him. And that's the dynamic I think God's heart is towards us. So there's no there's no definitive, this is how to receive God's guidance, or this is how to know God's will. There's a relationship that needs to be built. And then as you, as you grow in that knowing God in your life, those decisions about guidance and what you're called to do will become much easier. I, I often refer back to Genesis 3 and, you know, what happened in the garden, you know, was was not only, you know, sin entered the world and the whole eating from the tree of, you know, the, the knowledge of good and evil and all that kind of technical yeah. stuff. But but what happened was we we fell out of relationship with a, with 
with this God who used to walk with us in the cool of the evening, you know, by inference, used to hang out with us and know us intimately. And and I'm always challenged by that, that, that we desperately need to get back into that garden with God, don't we? And I, it's, a, it's kind of a repetitive theme with me around my thinking at the moment. I'm just, I'm desperate to get, to get back into the garden and hang out with yeah. God and, and just well, hear what's on his heart. Yes. It's like, God, what do you have for me to, what, what are you thinking? And I think that's the, the picture of relationship that God has. Absolutely. It, it's, it's not the boss. It's not the master telling the servant what to do, dishing out a list of rules or a list of tasks or, uh, as I said, micromanaging. It's relationship. Yeah. And we each of us, and this is the challenge, each of us has to develop this for ourselves. We, we can't then go to the pastor, go to the leader, go to the visiting minister and, and ask them to do it for us. It, it involves an open heart that says to God, I want to know you. You know, Philippians 3.10, Paul writes, that I may know him. And that's his heart cry. That's, and that's his heart cry. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm reminded of Charles Spurgeon, you know, the, the, the great theologian and, and, and preacher who as the story goes, that one day he was sitting at his desk preparing a sermon and he was kind of head down, backside up in the air, working hard away. And then he he just happened to notice that his young son, John, was sitting underneath the desk. And yeah. he sort of stopped and he said, "What son, what did you, what did you need? And his son said, basically nothing, Dad. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be where you were. To be close. To be close. And it's like, yeah. you know, and the sermon writing was over for that day because Aww. there was there was a godly lesson delivered by a, a young you know, yeah. young boy to his father. Yep. You know, That's and I and I think in, in this yep. in this rush, in this busyness, in this, you know, over overarching world of media and messages. Just, I just want to sit where you are and hang out with you. That's see, yeah, that's why I'm a 23rd Psalm guy. Give me a quiet yeah. stream, you know, a grassy bank, and I'm, you know, and I'm in heaven. That's where I'm because I, yeah. I'm, I'm hanging out with my father in heaven. That's a yeah. great image. Yeah, it's a good image, isn't it? So I love it. Hey, so that's a foundation. Mm. It, it is a foundation, and I think you know we need to we need to recover that and, and get it and get mm. it out into our heads. Look, so you're off to Europe shortly. What what are you doing up there? I'm going to Germany second time, actually. There are about five or six churches on this trip, so I'm very excited. I can't speak German, I might add, or we'll be, we'll be translators. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be some new churches and some old ones. Uh, again, just doing a lot of ministry on hearing God's voice and a few women's events in there as well. So looking forward to that. Yes. And I'm going hiking in the Swiss Alps for a couple of days. Are you have you practiced your yodeling? Need to add that in. Need to practice your yodeling <laughs> if you're going to the Swiss Alps. <laughs> this is true, but I can't do it. I've tried and I failed, and I'm not trying again. So, fantastic. <laughs> it's way too difficult. Look, the, yeah. Lord, the Lord bless you and what you're doing, and I, you know, I really pray that He makes a way for you, you know, with people and and connects this wonderful subject of hearing the voice of God and and, and stirring up God conversations because it it is a great conversation to have. It is. And, it is the most important one that we can have. And let's just give that um, that book again that we're referring to. So Jessica Kelly or Kelly Kelly yes. Kelly K E L L E Y double L E Y Lord Willing it's called Lord and. Yeah, honestly, I highly recommend it. It's beautifully written. I mean, I've never cried so much reading a book. It's just very, very sensitively handled. And she really does a great job of unpacking some of these things, some of these issues. And I, and I think, you know, very much for people who are struggling 
with God, where are you in the midst of my pain? Mm. I think that she provides a really great way of understanding that and unpacking some of the issues that we, the questions that we have. Yeah. So highly recommended. It is a tough book because it's about the the, the, uh, the aggressive brain tumour that took the son, took the life of her four-year-old son, Henry. So it's a, it is a, it's certainly a tissue box read, no question about that. But, um, yeah, I encourage people to, to, to get amongst it and, um, and to find out about that because um, God wants to be God through the good times and through the tough times. No question about that. Tanya Harris, lovely to talk to you. And, and you, John. And look, I'm very sorry about the rugby losses in the recent days. But oh, yeah. God yeah, yeah. Rub it in. Rub it in. I know. <laughs> he could have been the cause of that. but No. I took I take solace in the fact that the uh, the rugby championship and the Bledisloe Cup cometh, so, you know, be prepared to weep. Oh, good. Mm. Cometh. Now we're doing the King James. I know. That's we? right. It's, it's <laughs> appropriate. What does that mean? Judgment on the rugby field cometh. <laughs> grace and joy upon you, even if you lose. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not sure that grace and rugby actually exist, but anyway. Hey, lovely to talk to you and uh, take very good care. Enjoy Europe. And, uh, you know, again, I pray that God blesses you and, and uh, you really connect with people about the subject. It's a beautiful subject. Tanya Harris. Thanks, John. From God Conversations. This is Rima. I'm John Thank Peachy. You. It is four away from news time. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast by Tanya Harris. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So post your comments on the blog page of godconversations.com or at facebook.com forward slash Tanya M. Harris. Help us to equip others to recognize God's voice by rating the series on iTunes. Remember, Jesus said we would know his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation.